the United Nations effect on our resources. We've got an action-packed episode for you. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hi, everyone. I'm Larry Kortkamp. And I'm Susan Hamilton. And today we're talking about... Uh, energy, energy, resources, all kinds yeah, of all them. kinds of, in, in many different ways. So we're going to start right off here in Texas because we're where we are. So we got a grid discussion going on. Yeah. Um, I think everybody should be looking at the grid because they, uh, the Biden administration wants everybody on electric vehicles. Well, how's that going to work? <laughs> they want everybody getting a lot of electricity from a lot of different ways. So this discussion that we had here in, uh, in Texas really came to a head a couple of years ago. What is it now? Two, three years ago when we had the big winter storm mm, and it shut the state down for, eh, I don't know, a week? Two Any, weeks. Anywhere yeah. from, yeah, a period of time. And, and that's when it called into question, uh, just for those of you who don't know out there in the other part of the world, Texas is one of the few states where we have our own electricity grid. We're the only people on it. In most areas of the country, you have a shared grid of electrical power production. On the Northeast, they share, many states share it, and so on and so forth, but here in Texas. But really what that means is we're a great study. We get to really, because we're all by ourselves, we get to study the effects of certain things. And here, the discussion revolves around green energy production. So typically solar and wind. So those are what the industry calls not dispatchable forms of electricity. And that is really an interesting uh, interesting yeah. phrase, right? So dispatchable just means, uh-oh, we need more energy, turn on more energy. Dispatchable energy can do that. Dispatchable energy is what we currently do with fossil fuels, natural gas, coal, and the others. The solar and the wind are not turn on and offable. Mm-hmm. So. so the legislator just allocated up to $5 billion toward, I love this, toward loans and grants. They always find a way to make money work, work in their behavior, in their, on their behalf. But they just led, allocated up to $5 billion to go towards loans and grants for new dispatchable power plants with the potential for even more of these state subsidies, state subsidies in the future. And at first, it might seem like it's there to facilitate building more dispatch- dispatchable power plants. Um, and that's, that's how it's being advertised. But the absence of a significant new revenue and a more competitive market environment for dispatchable power plants, it's likely that these new power plants are only going to serve to replace the retiring plants um, and not the uh, increase the total amount of dispatchable power in the market at all. I think that there's so many things about our grid that needs that really needs to be looked over. We're very vulnerable here. But the problem is we look at this from my estimation we look at it from the wrong way because yeah. I don't believe I don't believe in the basic premise that everybody starts out with as you know the earth is going to die in 12 years if we don't figure this out. I don't believe in the premise so all this makes nonsense to me. Because we're not going to. Well, die. just a couple we're years ago, we had an abundance of gas and oil, and we were able to. Well, and 12 years ago, we were supposed to be dead because 12 years before that, we were supposed to die then in a decade, and then 20 years behind that. Yeah. I'm, sadly, I grew up with the ice My age problem is I'm too old yeah. because I have a memory that goes back for each time they've told us we're facing an extinction event. 
due to Mother Nature, right? No, maybe it's due to the laws gonna, in Canada. We're going to get too <laughs> hot. We're going to get too cold. Remember, I was old enough to remember when we were going to freeze to death. Yeah. So all this stuff, it just makes a stupid argument. But really here in Texas, we have this really unusual and unpredictable thing. In Texas, you know what happens in the summer? It gets really hot. So in the summer, we use air conditioning to keep us from becoming really hot, which gen needs more power. So apparently, according to the Texas... Uh, public Policy Foundation, this is unusual for them. They've never heard of this before because whenever they have these discussions, it happens, it is now the middle of summer. And they're surprised that we have now reached peak production on electricity oh, because people are turning on their yet. ACs. It says the PUC, like the Public Utility out. Commission, must follow through on the reforms initiated by HB 50, 1500 and make all variable generators pay for backup power when they don't perform. Uh, it's the only way to ensure a reliable grid without putting customers on the hook for endless reliability costs. And I think that's really what you end up finding. Um, they want We're going to end up on the hook for this. Yeah. Guarantee they, you. They're, they're actually highlighting in this. They're saying the summer situation for the Texas grid is actually better than advertised, but winters are becoming a bigger and bigger problem. Really? Okay, I was just listening to the weather guy this morning and talking about historical norms over the past 25 mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. And in fact, he didn't seem to see that abnormality in reality, which is the data that's coming from all that. So he couldn't even get today's weather right. But, right? I, but he's yeah. really good at telling you what already happened. Uh -huh. Everybody is, but they can't even seem to look at what already happened and deduce that winters are not getting worse. They're actually getting better as well, but they say that they're getting worse because that's what fuels the narrative for the ESG people to move forward on all these Well, it depends things. on the data set, right? Like how, how much of it you're looking at, right? right? Because you want to look at a week? Look at this section, it looks like this, right? Um, so that's why I don't trust much of what the UN's doing, but they've got a, a mission that looks very good because it's a mission to keep plastics out of the oceans and marine life, and who doesn't want that? Yeah. It is terrible. We have we have plastic islands in the in the water. It's terrible what we do with our garbage. Huge floating it, islands. It's just something. I mean, and then you put that together with some of the the reporting that the Epic Times had done about about these how plastics some of these forever chemicals are actually in our bodies now. We're so exposed to these microbes. But I have been, I have been amazed. Uh, technology plays a part here. I've been really amazed at some of the stuff that uh, ingenious entrepreneurs and, and tinkerers are coming up with to clean up the oceans with huge garbage-eating machines that are autonomous. They actually just roam the oceans with gathering up all these plastic debris and, and help to rid us of those. A because lot of these they just being, disappear. Well, you got to start with collection first, so at least they're getting rid of those uh, those plastics. I think you know what? Should we blow them into space? Right? Well, they they'd probably dissolve through the pressure, right? They could might they might actually something no, might that happen. Who knows? They might just kind of go in through the atmosphere. I don't uh, know. But um, there's there's no there's no space. yeah there's no climate problem that the uh, globalists can't address poorly, is there? <laughs> so here we go. The appeals court hands out. Uh, Maine Lobsterman, a major victory. We had a good case for the good guys, which is the common sense guys. Which is super important. It is folks, super important. Because the WTO is behind all of this mm -hmm. stuff. So we've done other arguments about the East Coast. Mm -hmm. The other articles are about what? They're about the wind turbines. Because the ESGers, the climate people, mm -hmm. they keep wanting to plant forests of wind tunnels out into the wind ocean. Wind turbines, yeah. Which has caused what? 
wildlife to be affected. Yeah, all they, the sea they die, life. they change their because all they the put off all the CMF and they can't survive. And in one of the space. bigger one of the bigger affected sea life is whales. Yeah. These wind turbines are killing whales and they're washing up on shore. But that doesn't solve the problem for the ESGers because they see the problem that's killing the whales as, as, as the lobstermen. Mom and dad, yeah, mom, mom and pop. And lobstermen. Green They're fishermen. the ones that are ignore, ignore that, that forest of these things that are actually causing problems. Instead, let's create a problem with the lobstermen. Well, because people could eat. And that is not the were, United I, Nations plan for us. Is not that we would all eat. They yeah, want to end hunger. I'm, that means they want less people to feed. I'm that doesn't though, mean give you more food. I'm surprised, though, that it actually worked out. I, I thought the ESGers worked out a very nice solution. They simply wanted them to reduce the lines they had in the water. Oh. By 98% mm-hmm. Makes in perfect two sense. years. Yeah. That to me sounds like we want you out, out of business. business. Just right? like they want the farmers, right? In Ireland and in the Netherlands. Go ahead and then we're just good with the government. You're going to have to sell us your farm. And if you do it right now, uh, if you do it right now, you're going to get 120%. It's a pretty good deal. But the, here's the deal if you take that deal, you can never have a farm anywhere ever again. These are the types of crazy things the United Nations is trying to do to our food supply. And let's have another one, the UN. Here's another story. The UN adopts. The UN likes adopting. But they're going to save the freaking ocean. Yeah, they they like adopting things. The UN adopts landmark high seas treaty to protect the international waters. International waters. waters. Now, what's the story on international waters, Larry? See, international waters were supposed to be internationally accepted as kind of open. Now what goes about, what goes on international waters? <laughs> is, is our shipping? Does our shipping? Everything and, and, goes in international okay, so, waters. Okay, so so what like everything that we import and export yeah. goes over yeah. the water. So yeah. what happens? Now this is just I'm just putting this out there. But what happens when a public private partnership say some billionaire elites decide that they they want to go into your nation, right? They're going you're they're going they're going to enforce their policy on your nation and your nation has to is, do you ever wonder why the government doesn't stand up to these guys hmm well who runs the water and now you start looking at okay how important is this international water well the global elitists those large those, those corporations those people that have self-proclaimed elites that are in the wef are behind the united nations Right, it's like the United Nations is their governing arm. So United Nations can come up with all these policies and these things that, of course, everybody must globally agree to. And then these guys, these public-private partnerships, are going to come in and they're going to say, "Hey, we're going to do it our way, and this is how we're going to do it." But and if you don't gonna... agree, we're going to stop the water because we, what we're going to do is we're going to stop that travel, we're going to stop that import. But they're export. doing it to protect. Yeah. International so waters. no, we don't let the United Nations get into international <laughs> waters. They don't have. They need to kind of get back in their little zone. Of it's ridiculous how much control they can take over that when they start controlling the shipping lines, which you know a lot of people don't realize how much they really do. Yeah, we don't vote these people into these roles. Nobody yeah. votes. For I didn't them. vote for you to decide. No. What yeah. happens in international agreed waters yeah. that have been internationally open for decades, just fine. Now, but the UN doesn't like anything. They can't little stuff their little finger. But they're going to use it. They're going to call it climate. Yeah. It's all climate initiatives. It's all going to protect it because we are doing a crappy job with the water. And guys, we're vulnerable in this situation because we are being incredibly wasteful. There are some things that we should do as a society. I like this next one, uh, Epic, again, talking about uh, ESG. This is an in-depth article that they've done. Shareholder votes show support for ESG falling. Hmm? Are we starting to catch on? 
Remember, there's a difference between shareholder and stakeholder. So, and then it says as a subtitle, although 2022 was a blowout year for climate and race initiatives, 2023 isn't as glowing. Well, hopefully we're learning faster because this stuff's like I wonder a if I wonder if things they've been like, working on it for a very long time. I wonder if things like Target and Bud Light and other companies that are seeing the results of their profits, the reason they're in, in business at all, tanking, customer support tanking, public viewpoints of their companies tanking. The only people that are pleased with this are these global elites that are pushing these nonsense. Stakeholders. The stakeholders. stakeholders are happy. Why? Because they're betting on people's behavior. They're betting on how can we change entire civilization's behavior. And that matters more to them. Yeah. They're looking at can they move that needle and what's it going to take. And when they haven't done it, when they haven't been able to achieve it, uh, they really don't care if a business gets tanked because they make enough money to have eight of them. The shareholders were on board initially because who doesn't want to vote for cleaner oceans? Sure. Right? So they're good. saying go. And then they look at their equality. Then they look the at their equity, earnings right? at the end of the year and going, oh, what the heck? Is I don't going? like this. Don't the like people that. don't like it. So they haven't nudged us enough, right? So you got to watch out for that because the next nudge is coming. They're already yeah. working on the next pandemic. These guys are always looking at, okay, how can we get society to buy into this? Yeah. And so every little thing, they're winning, by the way, because they, they bet very differently than we do it's a it's a crazy game out there but watch those shareholder stakeholder discussions but this these um these rules and regulations that these globalists want to inflict are not this is a 30 front war folks these people are coming after every single aspect of your life from how your kids go to school to how you live your life and how you face your retirement it's a game for them it's a hunger game everything is being attacked here including how we operate as society on the fuel that we use. The fuel is a direct relationship on how we produce everything from what we drink and eat to how we operate from place to place, how we fly a plane, how we drive a car. All these things are being disrupted by the globalists. So unless you are understanding that this is all being managed from this outside United States source, a lot of these stories don't make much sense to you. This one coming up next, uh, this is from uh, Christy Nome, who was a former South Dakota uh, governor. No, she is a governor. She's governor. Excuse me. She was former uh, uh, representative and some other items that she covered, which she was part of the Bureau of Land Management on discussions and so forth. She's no longer in that role. But her beef now as the governor of South Dakota comes with a beef with the Bureau of Land Management. He said beef. It has I, a lot to do with beef. On purpose. It's beef and oil. It's beef and right? oil. Beef and yeah. oil. So the Bureau of Land Management has never been a friend to anybody in agriculture. The, agriculture, the Bureau of Land Management, that's a vet agency yeah. that is unconstitutional, yeah. and the, the government doesn't have land. Yeah. All land that is not owned by someone else is our land, and we all have a right to it. Right. They were. Uh, they are a, a, an activist arm of... Um, Everything from the Sierra Club to any other uh, ecologically uh, strident group out there that's trying to govern the laws of nature through whatever panels and processes they want to do it. But in this case, the BLM is about to make a 
By the way, that's Bureau of Land Management. The, the original BLM, Bureau of Land Management, although they're just about as bad as each other. <laughs> uh, they're about to make a ruling that's going to change how, as Susan uh, mentioned, public lands are looked at. So currently, a public land is looked at something that, the, that belongs to the public, and they are used to the term of highest and best use. The highest and best use always blended, hopefully, a blend of conservatism on the land, land conservatism, and the economical needs of the surrounding communities. So this really affects places like South Dakota, where Christie is the governor, because they do a lot of ranching. And there's a lot of empty land, in case you didn't notice, in uh, South Dakota, uh, that comprises hundreds of thousands of acres. And a lot of that is used for not only ranching, but also for wow. oil and gas development. Is correct. So this particular law would... Currently, those lands are leased by companies like Exxon and other developers to go in and, and pull the natural resources out and to make fuel from it. Natural gas. Fuel for gas. us. It's supposed fuel to be us. fuel for us. So the, the government makes money from the leases because they have to charge money for the leases. And the private sector makes out because it's kind of a hand-in-hand -hand type of relationship. But the Bureau of Land Management is getting a lot of punishment and uh, aggravation from the left that they are not taking their role as a land steward and conservative person by to hold by allowing the, the damaging fuel generators to have run over this land. Back to ESG, they want solar and they want wind. They don't want fossil fuels. Yeah, I mean, not, not many of them. Any, they're saying that they want to completely get rid of We're not going to do anything that forwards the fossil fuel people. This is one step toward that. So currently in her state, 76 actively producing oil and gas leases cover about 37,000 acres of land, all managed by the BLM. This new rule would say, we don't want those leases anymore. You don't get to work them. It would take out of the inventory for the United States a huge way of producing oil and gas. So, Larry, just to be clear, how do you get electricity? There's a tree that grows, apparently, and you just... Electricity tree? Plug your socket into plug a socket. tree, and it gives forth electricity in untold amounts. Not only that, it runs 24-7. It never has a cold day or a hot day. It's perfect, and isn't it's, it? It's perfect. It's, it's perfect. It's electricity perfect is everywhere. perfect. And all this crap that you hear uh, from the right-wingers that say you can't, you got to have a battery to store the energy in, that it only works when the wind's blowing or the sun is shining, that it isn't more, it's more than 22% effective and generates so much more power. It doesn't need government subsidies. All that is just right-wing conspiracy so what? Theories. But where, literally, where does electricity come from? How do we create electricity in the United States of America and really... Well, currently everywhere. we produce it in a plant that's run on fossil fuels. Is that so? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so tell and, and when they debut these new EV cars yeah. and they get in front of General Motors and they talk about how the EV cars are going to change America or whatever, they plug the socket into the building that's running off a fossil fuel generator plant that's running somewhere else. It's because it needs that. Brilliant. When they're making a cross-country trip and they've mm -hmm. got to plug into a new little standalone unit where they plug in their EV, that's running off a standby diesel generator that's generating electricity through the pump to stick into their EV car. They simply cannot get it out of their brains that electricity does not grow on trees, that it has to be produced in another way. Solar and wind are great. Currently, they produce 3% of the world's usage. And they're not dependable. So if that's the case and they've got these really aggressive uh 
ideas for that, yeah. that EV Apparently use. to them it's going to be ready in a week. Yeah, it's going to be ready in a week. Uh, we're yeah. just going to wake up one day and everything's going to be electric and that's going to be so much better. Yeah. What we haven't thought about, you know, talk about pollution, there's an EMF, electromagnetic frequency, that comes off of the way that they want to produce it. Actually, that's, that's worse <laughs> than what we're currently doing. And so you've got, a, you've got a real scenario here where if everything, if our grids can't handle what we've already got, and everybody has got no more gas stoves, no more gas cars. Now, I was excited in the news we put out last week that Ford is actually doing, they're opening up um, more. They're investing. They're, they're investing you know, $500 million into yeah. their old-fashioned, you know, internal combustion engine plant right here in Irving, Texas, Arlington, Arlington, Texas, because they're going to make full-size SUVs that run on gas. And they're investing $500 million to do that, which is a good step in the right direction. Yeah, we've got to turn nobody that says that solar. Yet. Nobody says that solar and, and wind are not another way of generating electricity. It's just not the only way, and you can't sustain society it, it, on it. It can't so. be. And if you have to ha take up all of our land with the wind turbines and the solar panels. And our oceans. And the, and the oceans. And the, the, what you've got to do to mine for the minerals necessary to make one solar panel. And that's how we're... How is that green? I'm not convinced that that is less or, any, or any, more ecologically sound. You get back to that nasty little do. thing about reality. And by the way, you can't move those minerals without diesel trucks. How would you even mine them if you don't have, because electric vehicles can't handle weight. Susan, if you're just going to focus on all the downsides, how are we going to move society forward? Well, I think all it's right. important enough to talk about because... Apparently society isn't moving forward very, very high because the uh, the EV range, their argument just keeps getting shot. To it's dickens, bad. Yeah, isn't it? The uh, electric bad. vehicle range has dipped 25% while it's carrying load. Uh-oh. They just had a person testify from the trucking industry that the new trucks that are going to go electric have to carry these two massive batteries that weigh about 20 to 23,000 pounds. So, if, <laughs> oh, that makes sense. If you're not aware, <laughs> and if you're not aware, there are throughout America, and a truck has to pull off the side of the road and weigh themselves because they're not allowed to drive on the roads if they weigh too much. Why? So, 25,000 pounds has, just, just, has now just been added to this electric vehicle. So now it's it can carry what? 25,000 pounds less of products and services that were in the truck. So in order to compensate this, they say they're going to have to have three trucks on the road where before they only had two trucks on the road. So by actually engaging in the savings or support of this, they're now going to cause more vehicles to be on the road. The world's nuts. Just nuts. Well, we can just make start making better decisions because a lot of this, if, you, if you're aware of how it, this whole thing goes down, you'll start showing up. Because, guys, if you're not showing up at your, if you're not showing up at your, um, your city council meetings and your, your, your commissioner's courts, if you're not talking to your legislators, you know you only have two responsibilities to be a free 
person, a free man or a woman. Please read. You know. Please educate yourself. You know, you have to uh, you have to hold elected officials accountable to actually represent you. And the second thing is, you have to have them correct their administrative errors. And my friends, there are so many, but you won't know. And it's, and that's the thing, bread and circus. They've got you busy. They got us busy. They got us busy. Uh, you know, chasing our own tails, and we're not paying attention to things going on around us. And that's intentional. If you are too busy and you're irritated with your neighbors and, Susan, and, Susan, and everybody's wrong and, and you can't come to Susan. answers it's very complicated. and you screw up everything, yeah, Larry, you know, this attitude that, that people are, that, that's, that's, what the, that's the contention they want us in because as long as we're doing this and looking at each other like that, they're over there uh, really taking over stuff, taking really over the shipping a problem. lanes. Yeah, the kids are having a big party while you're off, uh, they're drinking all your Dude, alcohol. Dude, you had better figure out how to your house while garden. you're gone. So. I don't know. We, uh, it's not lost. It's not lost because I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think there's big answers here for people who understand that there's a way to make a difference. There really is. Yeah. There are solutions. And it has a lot to do with just paying attention because evil only persists what? When good men do nothing. Well, hopefully we gave you not only some problems, but maybe uh, talking through some solutions. But more than anything else, we hopefully just had uh, generated some good conversation with you today. And to hear more good conversation, make sure you follow OBBM Network on just about everywhere you can get anything from TV to social media, you name it, we're there. Download OBBM the Traverse Network. app on your phone. You yep. can watch OBBM Network news right from any device that you like. Yep. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you again next time. Today, you're not limited to traditional mainstream media that doesn't support your family, your life, your values, or your business. OBBM Network News is available Monday through Friday at 5, nine, five and 9 Central and 6 and 10 uh, Eastern on Traverse TV and available to anyone on many smart TV apps such as Rumble, Roku, and Traverse TV. Connect with us on OBBMDFW.locals.com. Truth, Gab, Getter, and more. Remember to subscribe, rumble, like, and share wherever you're using social media. Get the audio podcast version of this show and over 30 others when you subscribe to the OBBM Network Podcast on Spotify, iHeart, and wherever you're listening to podcasts. Thank you for watching and letting your friends know about this program. And do please consider being a member of our Locals.com community at the $5, 10 or $25 level. And you can reach that through the QR code on your screen. We're 100% grassroots funded by you. We want to thank our advertisers and remind our viewers to use their products and their services.